All right, and we are live. Welcome to Lost in the Long Box. Um, you know what, EK, I think I actually like that music better than the one that I just paid the $30 for. Really? <laughs> so <laughs> what we'll do is, by the way, guys, our opening music was Paint the Sky by Hans Adam. Uh, so I think we're going to put that in our library along with the other one, and we'll just swap them out as we see fit. As he, our mood dictates. He, as yeah. Right. Depends on what type of mood. The other one we're in has got that whole bit of the mysterious um, 70s vibe, like, you know, Will and Marshall and Holly slipping into their little vortex yeah, yeah. and what have you. Okay. So, um, as always, I am your host, Randall, with my two companions here, Thomas and Madman. Say hello, guys. Hello, hello. everyone. So, how was your weekend, fellas? Excellent. I can't complain. Well, mine went smoother this time. I didn't have any unexpected floods in my basement on Monday morning. So Always a plus. Yeah. Always, always great, right? All right, so let's go ahead and jump into a couple of the n- news items that, from the last week. Um, I know Thomas has one that he really wants to touch on. Because he was IMing me about it in a mad panic the other day. Like, did you read this? I'm like, no, but I'm sure you're going to tell me. I think I know what this is. Uh, you may not, actually. Okay. Um depends on how well you've gotten to know Thomas. And if you do know what okay. this is, then you have my sympathies. Um, <laughs> anyway, okay. last week, Netflix canceled Iron Fist. Or the week before. Well, guess what they just now canceled? They just canceled Luke Cage. Yeah. Um, so, one has to now wonder, does this mean that they cut them because they're going to now push them onto Disney streaming service? Because, you know, Disney owns Marvel, what have you. Or, are they going to now turn around and cancel both Jessica Jones and Daredevil, and funnel all that money into a huge second season of Defenders or like a Defenders movie. I don't think they're going to do a Defenders again. Maybe do Heroes for Hire, Luke yeah. Cage, and Iron Fist. That's what I was thinking. I was well, thinking they, like they could do that. but Because they've, then... they've got the two of them. They've got Colleen Wing. They've yeah. got Misty Knight. They've got them all, all the major players. Yeah. I think I think you're more likely to see like a Heroes for Hire than another Defenders. Misty Knight's got that arm now. She's badass. Right. It's... She's got the bionic arm. Could be. But again, there was also this, I don't want to say news story or announcement that Marvel did back in the summer. And I mentioned this last week where they said they weren't going to license any more of their characters for TV shows that they wanted to produce them in-house. Right. And I and some people have speculated that maybe the cancellation of Luke Cage and Iron Fist is to set up the Disney streaming that you're going to probably air them over there and do the new shows on the Disney streaming. Now, I do know there's two other shows out there that are Marvel properties. One is The Gifted, but technically that's owned by Fox because anything mutant goes to yeah. Fox because Marvel were idiots when they yeah, licensed sold that, that and sold them everything mutant-related. But that will be Disney soon enough. Right. And um, Cloak and Dagger on Freeform, but if I miss my guess, isn't Freeform like owned by ABC, which is in turn owned by Disney? Right. So, which is, so it only makes sense. So I guess time will tell. I think the writing on the wall will be if either Daredevil or Jessica Jones gets the axe. Because remember, Daredevil just wrapped season three. Yeah. So... Guess we'll have to keep our eye out. There's a funny cartoon going around though, with the Grim Reaper, and it shows him having uh, both knocked on uh, Luke Cage's and Iron Fist's door in a little trail of blood, and he's now knocking on uh, Jessica Jones' door. Right. Yeah, we haven't heard anything about her, Daredevil, or Punisher for Netflix yet. Is which, and that's funny because so. I understand Punisher did really well, and you would think we would hear about the next season around this time frame, but you haven't. Yeah, which could be, you but, know, a, an indicator that it's going to the Disney streaming, but. Backing up to that, I don't see Punisher as being the type of show Disney would stream, especially if they wanted to keep it as gritty and hardcore as they should for a Punisher show. I, I didn't think Punisher was very good. I haven't seen it. I liked it. Oh. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I liked it much better than the Punisher movies that they've put out. I, I really liked the Tom Jane one. I thought yeah. that was the you best know, one. And I'll give Mad Men props for that one. The one with Rebecca Romaine Stainless and his neighbor. Yeah. And the other. See, that was a great Punisher movie. That one I did like. I don't know. Give me, give me Dolph Lundgren. Oh, oh my God! I'm really? Kidding, I'm okay, kidding. you are off the show. Ek, madness. Right? Start looking for a placement for Thomas. Oh my Walker, God! Walker, you know comics. <laughs> You're hired. That's good enough. <laughs> Not that Thomas is getting paid anything. By the way, guys, that was our intern Walker back there, who you only heard in the ambient background noise because he doesn't have a mic at him. Ek, we're going to need to start giving the um, interns mics because if I ask them stuff. We're going to need to be able to hear them. <laughs> okay. Um, another piece of the news. Um, this one actually kind of bugs me a little bit. There was rumors going around that CW was going to greenlight or start a Superman solo series. And they have finally nixed that. Someone finally stepped up and said, no, no, no. Those are rumors. It's not happening. 
I was actually kind of hoping that was going to be true because if you're watching any of the CW shows, the guest appearances of Superman on the Supergirl show have been yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking that with his popularity, maybe he was going to get a spinoff. If you're following those shows, the crossover this year, Superman is going to be on that. And it's my prediction that whenever they get to the big crisis that they first advertised in the very first season of Flash, we're going to get those worlds merged. It's all the Flash's fault. Yeah, it is. It's always Barry's fault. Yeah, you, know? you can't stop messing with things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're too fast for your own good. Well, <laughs> I, I really loved when he's changed time the first time, and now suddenly Diggs's boy was a girl. And I was like, ooh, you are going to get so owned when he finds this out. <laughs> but anyway, yes, so CW and another up both stepped forward and said, no, we're not doing a Superman series. Everybody cool your jets. Unless that was them to get everybody to quit speculating on it so that they can launch it as a surprise. Um, the other news that I read, and this one is still just kind of boggling my mind, they've cast the main villain for the Pennyworth TV show. Now, I want you to pause for a moment. And think about this. The Pennyworth TV show, which is going to be the story of Alfred before Bruce Wayne and Batman. He was a badass man in the war, man. Is that what we're going to do? Is Okay. It's one of those things. You didn't ask for it. You didn't want it. Right. But, but we're somehow it I'm getting you. it right. Now I will, I've read enough Batman comics to know what he did in the war. But now I will freely admit, the Alfred on Gotham is yeah. a badass. Yeah. And if that's what you're going for, then okay, bring it on. Yeah. Because you find, I mean, I'm going to check it out. Yeah, I mean, you find out that a lot of Bruce's combat skills came from Alfred on Gotham, which they're mucking a little bit with the history. Oh, okay, yeah. Especially since season five's coming up and they're going to put him in a bat suit. And I'm like, but wait a minute. What about the whole traveling to the Far East and, and learning all the different fighting right. techniques and Come the way on. to mitigate that, pain? That's kind and, of irritating me about Gotham. Right. And I think a lot of us around season three or four said, okay, <laughs> I'm done with yeah. this show. Speaking of season five, have you seen the, uh, the pictures they put out there of Bane? Oh, yes, I did. Yeah, that's not so good. Well, th these are what happens. Uh, so other news, and this one actually is, is still hot off the press. I just saw it today. Warner Brothers, and actually Gal Gadot announces that Wonder Woman 1984 has now been pushed back to June 5th, 2020, instead of November 2019. Uh, oh, damn, so many numbers. So, okay, so it was originally supposed to come out 2019 in November. It's damn. been pushed back to June 5th. 2020 okay so here's what their statement was is that it'll be on the third anniversary of the first wonder woman so june 5th i guess is the three anniversary from when it came out in 2017 here's what's kind of not making sense usually when you move a movie it's for two reasons a you need to do some more work in post-production because post production or reshoot something's not working or you don't want to compete with the other movies that are coming out yeah now, here's the kicker. It's coming out in 2019. The two, the two big seasons for movies are usually the holidays, Thanksgiving, mm. Christmas, yep. which is when that's what's supposed to come out, or the start of the summer, summer season. Yeah. So here, here was her competition for November. It was supposed to be Kingsman 3, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, my God. Terminator 6. I guess that's, uh, they're calling it Terminator 6. So there's no title for it yet. Gotcha. And Frozen 2. Now... Of those four movies that were supposed to come out in November 2019, the only real competition I see there against Wonder Woman 1984 would be Frozen 2. Oh, no doubt. Let's be honest. No one wants to see yet a term another Terminator movie. They have beat that franchise to death. Sonic the Hedgehog, I, I really think that's an animated movie. Because let's be honest. If you're the studio executive that greenlit a live-action Sonic the Hedgehog, you deserve the pink slip you're getting Christmas to 2019, okay? Uh, if it was a live-action hedgehog, I'll no. watch it. I'll go see that. I okay. want to know how they shot it. You know, every time you think about this, remember, there's people that green-lighted sharks in a tornado. In Two of them. Oh, well, actually, three. Yeah, I think it's up to like five, to be <laughs> Snake, honest with you. Snakes on a Plane. Uh, that was a great movie. But Snakes though. on a Plane was, was a great, great movie. movie. <laughs> I guess I, I got to go watch it. I, I hate to I really admit, trust your opinion. that was a good movie. I haven't seen it because it's a, this is a so great, No, this is a great movie. It is a ridiculous concept, the best, but it is a great movie. The best scene is the chick in the bathroom. and <laughs> Spoiler alert, man. <laughs> and Thomas is laughing because he knows exactly what scene. Okay, right, but anyway. My, put but, it on my list. So that was a November competition. But now... Here's what it will go against now in June of 2020. And these other movies that are coming out before are actually coming in the middle or tail end of May. So it's a fair bet they're still going to be in the theater and probably generating a lot of dollars when Wonder Woman 1984 drops. This is a competition now in June. Godzilla versus Kong. Awesome. 
I tell you what, I know I'm mm. seeing that. Wow. I'm watching that one. Yeah. yeah. Maleficent 2. Uh, okay. Well, hang on. Before you say that, that was actually a good movie. If, the quit, first one was, yes, but I... Quit putting movies on my list. Maleficent was a really good movie. If you haven't seen it, I, I would not. I would recommend that you see that movie. Angelina Jolie does a really great job with that. Of course. I, she's I, I tell you what, I did not expect to like it, but I walked out to the theater going, damn, that was actually a decent movie. And the other one, Red Notice with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Gal Gadot. So I'm almost thinking that this is a brilliant publicity move by her agent. Let's move back her Wonder Woman movie by six months, and that way she'll have two movies in the big screen um, so she gets really ingrained into the public perception. I mean, that's really the only one of the, the, the reasons I can see why you would move. Either you've got production problems yeah. or you're her agent and you want to make sure that everybody's name is on the tip yeah, on your client's tongue. name is on everybody's lips. Right, exactly. So that was the other piece of news that I thought was interesting. Now, the piece of news that broke Thomas. All right. So I, I wouldn't say this broke me. I'm actually in favor of it. Uh, okay, go ahead. And yeah. we, we, we got an announcement that they are changing Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers' origin. Oh. From, yep, they are. And it's, it's a good thing. Okay. From now on, in, in the beginning, when the bomb went off, the Kree bomb went off, it merged hers and Captain Marvel's DNA, and that's how she got her powers. Okay. Her new origin is that she is part Kree, and she's always been part Kree, and that the bomb awakened her powers. It wasn't the, something that happened where her DNA was merged with Captain Marvel's DNA and caused Might her get to science about it, and caused her to have her powers, which I'm fine with. I think that's I think that's a good idea. I mean, they've changed. Sounds stuff. like Chlorians to me. <laughs> God, oh, yes, no, exactly. No, no, no. Well, no, hang on. Ek brings up a, a valid point, and this is why I'm going to now argue against this change. Those of us who read comics and love comics like the origin of Carol Danvers from the original Marvel Superheroes 13 and how she ha- and what happened. What this is basically doing, excuse me, everyone, sorry. What this is, I, for those of you who didn't hear, I'd turn my head so I could belch. What this is basically doing is what a lot of comic readers are now having issues with modern Hollywood. They are changing the origin of the character to fit the movie. Because if you look at the trailer for Captain Marvel, they are hinting that she has a separate identity that is not of Earth origin, which is why she doesn't remember anything when she first shows up back on Earth. But I think this is a good thing because this makes her her own. <laughs> this makes her her own person. This is change the subject, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah I, I think that I think it's a good thing. It makes her her own person. She's not relying on someone else to get her powers. Her powers are her own, and I think that's a positive thing. I think the canon is malleable when it comes to movie production. Right. And, you know, this isn't the first time that an origin for a character has changed, and it certainly won't be the last. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I don't think that, you know, anything they're doing is, you know, as long as they horrible. Don't, yeah, as long, as long as they don't show her origin in every single movie. Right. And it, <laughs> a la Spider-Man? Like, a la Spider-Man. Or, Let me guess. Or B- I bet, Batman. Or, or Superman. Yeah. Or so. hmm, Let me guess. I bet your uncle's going to get shot when you get rocketed to this planet, right? How many times i got to watch you die, Thomas Wayne? <laughs> I don't care what kind of necklace she was wearing, Bruce. <laughs> right. So anyway, whatever your thoughts and opinions are out there, we would love to hear them. Um, we have three places for you to do that. Lost in a long box on our Facebook, lost in a long box at gmail.com. And now, drum roll, please. Walker, you got a drum roll? You're fired. Okay. <laughs> Thomas has also set up our Twitter account. And what is that, Thomas? That is lost in a long B1. Wow, okay, what a convoluted name. However, Thomas <laughs> is the only one who is replying to that. So if you I want... No, I'm following it. Oh, are you really? Yeah, I'm oh, following. Okay, great. Cause... I'm on the Twitter sphere. All right, so then Madman and Thomas are the only one following it because I have a personal hatred against Twitter and you won't catch me on it. Yeah, so Randy, he's a grumpy old man. If so. you want to fuss at me, do it through either the Gmail or the Facebook, in which case I'll just delete it anyway. Or ah. <laughs> hashtag lost in the long box. Right. As well. Exactly. So... We're going to get into some new books here. Not new books. Let me rephrase that. Back up. Rewind. Last week, we broke you. We told you the books you all needed to calm the hell down on. That's all right. And I promised you that we weren't just going to take away all your toys and not give you new toys to replace them. So we're going to do that this week. Um, And we have a great list of stuff, of books that we're going to actually call the stuff that you left in the dollar bin or the back issue bin. Um, 
So, Thomas, you want to tell everybody, where did we get this list? Yes, I would. we've got this list from Ed of Gateway Comics and Toys that we were going to be discussing today. Um, he has been good enough to give us this list and allow us to put it up on our Facebook page as well, so you can check it out there. Make sure you uh, take a look and see, see everything. It's a list of key first appearances and that you may just be overlooking. Um, make sure you take a moment and visit him at Gateway Comics and Toys, located at 2368 Plank Road on Route 3 across from the Bob Evans Restaurant and on social media at GW Comics for all your comic book and collectible toys needs. And that list, by the way, guys, is a, a long, long list. And I will have it up on our Facebook tonight. I actually meant to put it up on the website before I came out here. But thanks. Obviously got in the way. So for right now, ignore that part about it being up on Facebook because well, it's not quite Madman's there Well, Madman's got a laptop over there. He can do it. I mean, he's he can go to the ring where the, the thing is and put on a, oh, unless you didn't give him admin rights on the Facebook. He should have admin rights. Yes. So Madman, go on to our Ring Central, get that spreadsheet of key books and first appearances, and just drop it out there on our Facebook for the readers. And you know, on the way out here to the studio today, I had a thought. And I should probably have another one so it doesn't die of loneliness. Oh, but anyway, you know, we actually, for you listeners out there who are listening to this later on the podcast, we actually do this live on a Monday night. So if you're listening to it, like, say, Tuesday or Wednesday, we do it live Mondays at 7 p.m. here in uh, FXBG Public Radio in Fredericksburg. I'm thinking, since we have the capability, maybe somewhere down the road we should take uh, listener calls. I'd be all for that. Like, you know, just have a special episode where we bring up a subject and let people call in and say, well, here's my thoughts on it. Well, let's start with, like, getting emails. If we get, email us some questions, we can address them. Exactly. One. And if we, I, get, and if we get enough of that, then we can get a, a phone call. Or well, that's so, what I was going to say. We need to make sure we number. get us uh, enough listeners to support uh, opening a phone line because yeah. nothing is more embarrassing than opening a phone line and, and, and nobody calls. And nobody calls. Kind of like sitting here doing this podcast and not Let's knowing who with, the hell is actually listening. Start with emailing <laughs> us at Gmail, Lost in the Longbox. Exactly. What's it? Lost, Lost in the Longbox long at gmail.com. Thank you. I'm busy with Ring Central over here. All right. So let's talk about some of those books you guys are leaving in the back issue bins. Um, I have a section here that I'm actually going to call as Buy in Any Shape. And what that means is I don't care if it's a 9.0 or a 1.0. If you find this, you grab it because it's always going to be valuable in a key book. And I mean always, always. One of them would be Fantastic Four number 52. Thomas, why is that? It's the first appearance of the Black Panther. Yes. And that character, despite the movie, never mind, ignore the movie. That character is always immensely popular and it's only going to stay popular. He's awesome. Right. Another one, All-Star number three and All-Star number eight. Now, some of you out there have already started laughing, going, there's no way in hell I can afford an All-Star 3 and 8. If you find a 1.0, I'm pretty sure you can, get it for, it. You can get it for a song. And if you don't know, All-Star number 3 is the first appearance of the Justice Society of America. Yeah, which, I'd want it. And All-Star number 8 is the first appearance of Wonder Woman. Those are two huge, pivotal characters and groups in comic book history. Wonder Woman, in fact, was actually created because... William Moulton Marston, who created her, felt there was no positive role models for women or for little girls. This is in 1936, guys. And now, he think about that. he ironically uh, made her power, her weakness, just tie her up. Because <laughs> he liked uh, tying her up. Exactly. Well, and you're, we need to have a whole show just dedicated to that, the seduction the man, of the innocent and the... The man who invented the polygraph. Right. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he had a, he led a pretty interesting life. If you guys haven't uh, don't know about his life, yeah. uh, be sure to look it up. It's rather interesting. Yeah, I think they got movies coming out about him. Yeah, it's already well, out. It's already out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. William Marston and yeah. the Wonder Women. Yeah. Right. Which I, I need, haven't seen it yet, but yeah. I do need to. Yeah, I need to add that to my Netflix. Another one, buy it in any condition. That is Brave and the Bold twenty eight, first appearance of the Justice League of America. And here's the thing, guys. Let me tell you why that book and another one that I say buy in any condition. Showcase number four. First appearance uh, of the Barry Allen Flash. Flash yeah. You know why those books are so important? Is because the birth of the Silver Age. The birth of the Silver Age. A lot of people will argue, well, Fantastic Four is the birth of the Silver Age. No, no, no. It's the birth of the Marvel Age. For what a lot of you listeners probably may not know, is superheroes did really well during World War II until the war was over. And suddenly, your superheroes, who had thrived off of beating the Axis enemies, suddenly had nobody to fight. 
So your things like your horror comics, your mystery comics, your your true romance comics were soaring, and they were taking off. And superhero comics were actually yeah, waning. Yeah. There was there was actually danger of most of them being cut. In fact, I think the only two superhero comics that were still selling in the fifties were Superman and Batman. Because I think Wonder Woman was still going and, strong and Wonder too. Woman. Barry Allen Flash revitalized the superhero for the Silver Age, and Brave and the Bold twenty eight revitalized the superhero team. Brave and the Bold 28 and Justice League is why you got Fantastic Four, which is a whole other subject because Stan Lee will tell you he was charged with making a superhero team like those guys over at National in this Justice League thing, and that's how we got FF. But And the reason they put Thing in there is because if it failed, they can say, no, no, look, we're doing a monster movie. <laughs> I can't upload this file here. Man. All right, well, we'll get it later, the listeners. And, and your Brave and the Bold one, you know, even bigger than the Justice League, even bigger than that, it's the first appearance of Star of the Conqueror. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> what is the one where the first appearance of the Teen Titans? That is actually one of the books we're going to be talking about. DC Comics Presents number 26. I had that. Um, a couple of other books that I say buy them in any condition. And this and these other two are, are kind of ones that I really want to have. Phantom Lady number 17. Oh, yes. That is a famous cover. In the 50s, there was a child psychologist named Dr. Frederick... Warthen, Warthen, I think, I'm sorry, I'm lost on the last name, wrote a book called Seduction and Innocent in which he claimed that comic books were rotting the minds of our American youth, and he mentioned things such as headlights, which I will let you guys figure out what headlights are. I think most of our listeners probably know. And tying up women. Phantom Lady 17 is a famous cover because it combines both headlights and tying up of a woman. Not to mention, he also said the gore in comics was a little too excessive, as was the violence. Um, and that is a family 17, like I said, is a key book. I think he mentions it three or four times in that book itself. And another one that I really would like to get someday, and I think you all need to have it, and I actually don't want to say it because I know that as soon as I do, I now have to explain why, and then it's no longer just Thomas and I looking for it, which is Patsy Walker 95. One of the most important comics on the face of the planet. <laughs> I still wouldn't want it. It is... You, it is so significantly important to comic book history. You just don't understand. This is a huge book. So, I don't understand why it is not more popular and more people aren't seeking it out. So, guys, <coughs> the, informa- the information I'm about to give you is right out there on Wikipedia. Um, everybody loves Hellcat. First appearance, Avengers 144. And everybody's like, oh, she's on Jessica Jones. That book is going up in value, and they're all snagging it up. In fact, last week I even mentioned that was, um, I think, a book they needed to calm the hell down on. Let me tell you about Patsy Walker. So Patsy Walker was obviously created as a romance book. She was one of the few characters that did so well at Marvel that she was there for all iterations of it, as timely, their short brief stint as Atlas, and then Marvel Comics in the 50s and 60s. So I'm not going to give you the rest of the history because we've got a lot of books to get to, and we're we're almost at the half-hour mark already. But when Marvel Comics first became Marvel Comics, they had just a little MC box on their cover. That's all it was, pure and simple. Patsy Walker, 95, along with Strange Tales number 69. Journey into Mystery. Is it Journey into Mystery? Journey into Mystery 69, yes. Journey into Mystery 69. Okay, Journey into Mystery. Well, I'm going to have to look that up because I think... Anyway, those two books are the first two books to have the Marvel MC on on the cover. That is predating Fantastic Four number one, Amazing Fantasy 15, X-Men number one, all of those books that started the Marvel age. So Patsy Walker has that MC first. That's why it's pivotal. Not to mention that if you look back in Amazing Adventures 12, 13, 14, and 15, I think, in her little solo story with the Beast, that's when they first start establishing her as a superheroine, and that storyline gets dropped and picked up again in Avengers 144. So, yes, go back and find the Patsy Walker 95, as long as, as, as well as, Fantastic Four Annual 3, where she has a cameo, Defenders 89, when they establish her in the Marvel Universe. Yes, yes, Madman, we love Patsy Walker. So, yeah, and good luck finding it. I, I've, looked all, I've looked all over the place for this comic. I have scoured the internet. It's just not out every there. Every time I see a Patsy Walker comic book, I sort of like, who bagged and boarded that, honestly? It's going to be me if I find one. I'll tell you that right if now. <laughs> if you look at the CGC census, there's only like four copies graded, period. I had a friend. That's it. I had a friend who, uh, gave me it's like i had a bunch of comic books back in the 60s you can have them if you want and so i was like and there were a few dr killed uh comic books in there and i was just like 
I read like ha- a couple pages of one, and they're like, "This is absurd. This isn't written for me," <laughs> you know. And so um, I just bagged and boarded them, and I sold them on eBay. And I was surprised how people were fighting over that. It's like people really like this shit. <laughs> well, and Patsy Walker '95 was written by Stan Lee. I don't care. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I mean, well, when I when I saw it on the on the um, graded site, I was like, "Well, it's well, there's one out here that's autographed. Well, who in the world autographed it?" And I looked up who the creative team was. Like, oh, Stan Lee wrote this. Damn it! Well, how about that? Thomas is right. It is journey. It is journey to mystery sixty nine. Yeah. Yes, I am. And when he's right, all right. So, all right then, Smarty Pants. Since you were right, what's the key book you're ignoring or just leaving in the back issue bin? You know, I was looking through this, and I want to say it's Coyote number eleven. Why? Why? I I, I know what you're wondering. What is the co- comic book Coyote about? And to be honest with you, I have no idea. It's from Epic Com- Marvel's Epic Comics line, and it was Todd McFarlane's first professional work. It's about Roadrunners. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe it is. I, I don't know, but it's the, it's it's Todd McFarlane's first professional work, and according to the Overstreet Price Guide, you can have a near mint copy for only twenty four dollars, and that's probably twelve dollars too much. No, no I mean, well, when you think about it in comic book history, think about how important Todd McFarlane is with the creation of Image Comics. You know, you know, at least being a co creator of Venom. Yeah, you think that this book future, would be in the future? It will go up. I'm sure. Well. That's- I, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm shocked that it's. I mean, it's probably a pretty rare comic now. I mean, have you ever heard? Have you ever heard of Coyote? I've never heard of it before no. this. So, but it's it's his first published work, and you know, you would think that this would be something that would be a lot more, a lot bigger deal than what it is. Uh, no, because it's the first published work, and it was probably shite. But still, <laughs> it's his first work, and let's be honest. There's a lot of first appearances for major characters that aren't good reads. No, so. I mean, that doesn't really have an impact on it. You in know? fact, I can tell you one of the ones I've been searching for the last year, Giant Size Creatures number one, I finally got my hands on it and read it and went, well, shit. That was terrible. <laughs> exactly. But it's still the first appearance, right? <laughs> yes. So, I mean, this may not have been a very good book. It may not have been a very good read, but it's still Todd's first work. and You'd think it would be a bigger deal. Uh, Madman, what do you got? I misunderstood what you we did. Were doing. <laughs> Would you just like to play along tonight? I. <laughs> what do you got? You I have. You got something in front of you there. I, instead, I read. You said like books that people are ignoring or not talking about or something like that. I didn't right. know you wanted to go from that list. Oh, that's fine. What so you, I just picked out these like these three really good books that. Uh, can we do one at a time or what? Sure. What do you got? Give me, right. give me. Give me. Give me. All right. Uh, the first. These are our trade paperbacks. I had. I, there's just books that I love, and I, that's what I thought we were talking about. But you know, I don't hear a lot of people talking about. Just imagine, Stan Lee. Oh my God! Yes. Creating the, those are great. The DC universe, and this is why I'm a little mad at Stan Lee. Is because I read this again uh, lately, <laughs> and is because like I don't know. It's, it's like his his concept is, is like somebody gets superpowers, and the first thing they want to do is make money with it. You know, there's only one of these characters that isn't really like that. You know, Marvel's greatest character. I know. <laughs> Went to make money off his But that's power. what I mean. It's like he wrote this Batman story, did art with Joe Kubert, and he did – Joe Kubert was a, like so focused on doing Batman right that some of the panels are just laughable. It's like, you, what, you did this in like 10 seconds in crayon, didn't you, dude? And so uh, – <laughs> but the story is Batman. They changed it. See, so he's a, a black guy. I don't think that, that matters. But he gets framed for a crime. You know, and ends up ends up going to prison, and because he's living in prison, all the tough people go to prison. Uh, uh, he he starts getting bullied, but he's standing up for people, and so he starts working out, and that's how he learns how to fight, and that's how he learns how he gets in shape and stuff like that. And then he gets out of prison. First thing he does, he becomes a professional wrestler, dressed like a bat. Stanley, ladies and gentlemen, because of course, <laughs> and then right. he makes his millions by doing that for being a badass in the ring, and then he decides to become a superhero and go after the guy who framed him. Stanley. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and I will say, is like uh, the Batman story is pretty good, with even despite the Stanley flavor. Um, Wonder Woman, he did with Jim Lee, and so you know that art's amazing. Right. Yeah, and so, um, and it's really cool. He took the Amazon literally. It's no longer Themyscira. She's uh, like a South American uh, Wonder Woman, you know, harnessing the power of the sun god. She's got really cool, like really cool look and really cool weapons and stuff like that that are similar to Wonder Woman's. Uh, but she's this sexy Latina, and I'm just like, I can get down with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good story. And uh, the Superman one was jo- with John Bushima. Is that how you say his name? Yes. Yeah, that's okay. He's like a he's like a cop on Krypton. And they have all this advanced technology and stuff like that. He ends up, you know, he 
family gets killed. <laughs> he ends up chasing this criminal to Earth where they're both superpowered and he becomes a circus performer to make money <laughs> in the meanwhile because he can do all these amazing things and then finally confronts the guy he chased to Earth. Stanley! And but the the Green Lantern story is really like the the best one, and that's where this guy looking for the Tree of Life or Yggdrasil or whatever however you say that right, and he finds it and this there's competing factions looking for it, and he finds it and it's this huge tree with this mist all over the ground and stuff like that and this competing faction corners him and they shoot him there and he's like Ugh, he's dying in the mist and then the tree like goes up like runs its tendrils into his body and starts speaking to him and imbues him with this Green Lantern power. It's kind of a cool take on it. You know, listen to you talk about these. It's obvious you would be a huge fan of the Elseworlds stuff and most of, most of the Elseworlds. I, yeah, I got a shitload of them. So, you know, I'm going to dig them out of the box and bring them to you. I think you would I actually... I haven't read them already, yeah, okay. I think you would actually really dig the real-world storylines, like real-world Batman, real-world Superman, real-world Justice League. I think I've seen... Yeah, I think I've seen some of those. Those yeah. are actually really good. Yeah. So I might have to hook you up with those because yeah, absolutely, they're, they're not bad reads. All right. So back to me. Back to me. All right. So, excuse me. Key book that's out there that you guys are ignoring, or if you see it, you're just not picking it up. Another great one. Obviously, Madman mentioned this earlier. DC Comics presents number twenty-six, first appearance of the Noon Teen Titans, especially now that Titans has dropped on the DC universe. And, of course, Teen Titans Go and all the other things. It all started with DC Comics Presents 26. You can still get them relatively cheap. However, not going to be much longer. Because I guarantee you those are going to start going up. I've seen them start coming back at cons recently, but they're going to start disappearing. Madman, why are you shaking your head? Because I had one and I sold it. (laughs) (laughs) I just just picked one up at Awesome Con this year. I could do a whole segment of the... Dumbest things I've ever done when it comes to comic books. Well, it's funny you said that. I had that. Avengers number four, man. That's oh man, we're we're going to actually have that episode. I thought about this earlier. The, the I'll tell you off off yeah, the air. Yeah, okay. But so DC Comics presents number twenty six. Another great one, and I tell you what, this one is I'm going to put up there in that category of buy it in any shape. Is Detective Comics number two twenty five. That is the first appearance of the Martian Manhunter, mm-hmm. and you cannot find it anywhere. Yeah, that's rare. I've never I, seen yeah. one. Ed, I've never seen one, yeah. Ed, who has supplied us this list, I think said he's only ever seen two or maybe three in all the cons he's gone to because nobody ever has it. No one wants to get rid of it when you have it. I mean, So if you ever find that you know elderly couple who has their son's comics in the basement or in the garage that they're selling, there's a Detective Comics 225, you take that thing, pay them 10 bucks, and you head for the hills. <laughs> I would love to have that comic. That would, that would be yeah. you know number one on my list of ones that I would love to have, the first right. appearance of Martian Manhunter. I'm a huge fan. Oh, so. he's such an awesome character. He is. They don't use him anywhere near enough. And another one I'm going to mention, and you guys will think this is weird, FF number eight. It's the first appearance of Alicia Masters, yeah. who is about to get married to Ben Grimm. And I'm really hoping, and this is a horrible thing to say, knowing what they like to do in comics at all the publishing houses, not just Marvel, but DC and Image and everyone else, they love to take a great big event like a marriage or a wedding or what or a baby, what have you, and couple it with tragedy. So I would not be surprised if something happens to either Alicia or Ben shortly after that wedding. I but hope not. FF8, first appearance of Alicia Masters, who's about to get married to the thing, and I'll bet she dance lot kills her. Or Mazel she gets thought. a miracle cure and gets her sight. Yeah, either one. I, I'd really like to see them just have a you know regular wedding issue where... Or she know. gets she gets her sight, and she's like, oh, I did not think you were orange. This <laughs> everything. I can do with the Rocky rock I can do with the Rocky skin, but the orange is not going to work. <laughs> That's a deal breaker. So off That's a deal breaker. <laughs> Thomas, what do you got over there? All right, we're going to play Let's like have, Make Randall Have an Aneurysm here. You ready? Darkhawk number one. God damn, no. Why? <laughs> Why? Well look, well, look at the character. He's, hey, he, I got one. He showed, he showed up in Secret Invasion, War of Kings. He's shown up in Avengers Arena. 
and recently in Infinity Countdown, this is a character that's getting getting more play and more use. All right, you know what? Earlier I was making a joke about you're fired, but now you're fired. Take off your headphones. Walker, come over here and sit down nope. on Thomas's. No, <laughs> he, he, no. He had you're an, outnumbered. He had, an initial, he had an initial four-year run with his first comic, so, I mean, he did really well, and it looks like he's picking up steam. People yeah. are using him again. Dazzler had a four-year run, too, okay? <laughs> And you know what? I think Ow. I think Dazzler, given the right circumstances, could be successful now. I agree. He's a good character. Sometimes it's a bad writer or a bad That's artist. Right. I think I think this is a you know, Dark Hawk is coming on strong again. People are people are using him again. I'm not saying that he'll necessarily get another ongoing series. I'm not saying the book will ever make you rich, but it means something to look at. You know, oh, he's he's showing he's showing use. I'm gonna implement the same plan on Dark Hawk number one that I mentioned for X Men number one. I'm going to buy as many copies as I can, get the one graded as a 9899, and I'm going to burn the rest of them. Yeah, fine. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, Dark Hawk. I want a copy. Mad Men's like, hook me up with one first. I, I want another copy, sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, you got to take another look at Dark Hog. He's, he's, starting to, he's starting to get some more use. He's, he's out there. You know what? Yeah. Actually, that's going to bring up a point we'll get to later. Mad Men, what do you got? Uh, like I said, I was just reading books that I like to read, and... I'm talking about them. Uh, I got this uh, Gotham Central Dead Robin trade paperback. Now, I don't know if you've read any of the Gotham Central stories, but they are very densely. I, I haven't read them, no. They are very dense stories, and I really, ooh, I love this. I miss This is what I love about DC in comparison to Marvel, is that they will create excellent, in-depth, uh, dense story arcs. Yes. With complicated characters, a bunch of series of complicated characters and interesting situations. So this Gotham Central, it basically follows the Gotham uh, uh, Major Crimes Department. Crimes Unit yeah. with Maggie Sawyer, right? Yeah, with Maggie Sawyer and the whole cast of characters. you got the day shift and night shift, and uh, they're following cases day to day. And you got uh, them dealing with the press, them dealing with uh, you know, superheroes showing up. And so the concept, uh, the plot behind this is that these kids start showing up in Robin costumes dead all over Gotham. Hmm. And so, you know, it's about this investigation of, you know, who these kill, kids are uh, being murdered by, and uh, Batman's wanted for questioning. Batman shows up and said, Robinson Bloodhaven, He's, that's not him, you know. And uh, there's a very cool side side plot with this uh, girl who's mad, uh, one of these detectives who's pissed off at Batman because her partner got killed and she kind of blames Batman. And so um, uh, the, she confronts Batman, and he's like pre- putting the screws to uh, Oswald Cobblepot um, to find out who's been killing these kids. And so she tells Batman to freeze. He doesn't freeze. And so he, she shoots him, right? Mm. Batman goes to the ground. And then she, as she's freaking, oh, my God, I just shot Batman. And the partner's like, oh, my God, you just shot Batman, right? <laughs> Batman gets up and, like, breaks her nose, steals her firearm, her duty weapon, and leaves. <laughs> All right? Because he's Batman. <laughs> right. He's Batman. And so this whole subplot is like, how do I got to tell the captain that I, I lost my piece? Batman took it. <laughs> Everyone's making these jokes about Batman. It's like, well, what'd you do? Shoot at him? And it's like, well, yeah. And it's like, well, that's why I took it. <laughs> just, it's a real interesting subplot. And, I like and you know, it. I think I got the name wrong. Maggie Sawyer's with Metropolis. Yes. No. It would be Renee Montoya, isn't it? It's a Renee Montoya. She's, uh, I think, Night Shift. Maggie Sawyer. Captain Maggie Sawyer. Oh, wow. Her shift okay, lieutenant. She yeah. Hmm. I have to leave. Okay, uh, well, then it ha- well, maybe, maybe she does double duty because I would swear Maggie Sawyer was in Metropolis. But that's what I mean is, yeah, Renee Montoya is just a detective in this. Right. It's, yeah, that's, well, a, that's a great um, great series. Anything by Ed Brubaker is, yeah, is great. Right. Oh, yeah. It's especially. Great. Well, you know what's really great, and I will give DC their props, and they seem to do this much more efficiently than Marvel and seem to be willing to do it more, is take their backstory characters or people that are just there for flavor and, and make in-depth and make in-depth characters them. and stories around them that don't focus where Batman becomes a back figure in that. Exactly. He's not just central focus. He's, it, there's like four panels of Batman in it. Right. In DC it. always does that um, and they do it really well. Marvel doesn't do it so much. They I always really seem to be would. focused on their, their main people. The closest they got I think was damage control where it was right. about uh, the lawyers and stuff who have to deal with the uh, property damage and stuff right, that goes exactly. on when superheroes fight in their town. And I always like the concept of the average person living in a world of superheroes. Is like I'm still like I'm still a cop. I still got to go about my uh, normal job. But or maybe you could have a story where a guy comes out with his cup of coffee in the morning in New York City. He's like, ah, beautiful day in New York. And then all of a sudden, Spider Man and Vulture come crashing in through his apartment, and he's just. Ah. Then they leave, you know? Yeah, you kind of wonder what happens when, like, the rhino wrecks your car when he's rampaging well, through yeah. the street. Well, now, remember, they touch on that 
with the series by Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross, Marvels. Yeah. Because it's told from the viewpoint of the man on the street mm-hmm. and what's happening, you know, in their world at the time. And I think it starts in the era of the 60s yeah. when they first show up and goes to what was in modern day, which was what, maybe 90s, I yeah, think? 90s, yeah, 90s. I got to go dig that up and read it now. Yeah, and there's a part of me that's, you know, the insurance agent that wonders, hmm, would damage by superheroes be excluded from your insurance contract? Right, or you'd have to get... You'd have to get <laughs> I mean, do you yeah. have to purchase like a special rider or something like that right. if you live in New York City? Is, you know, car insurance more expensive there because of Spider-Man? Oh, I'm sorry, your policy yeah. doesn't cover superhuman fights. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 <laughs> yeah, it doesn't It doesn't cover if, you know, Doc Ock destroys your car because he threw it at Spider-Man. That, right. That's excluded. So... <laughs> Insurance would suck in that place. Yeah, well, right. it, it sucks world. in this place. What are you talking about? Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, you probably wouldn't have as big a problem with it in, like, say, Montana as you did, you know, yeah. New York. But still. Who was the comedian that said they should rename insurance in case shit? <laughs> because that's exactly what it is. It is exactly what it is. So a couple other books that I have on my list. Um, and this one's actually really, really big right Not really big right now, but it's probably going to be, especially since they just announced this character is going to get a movie probably. Amazing Spider-Man number 101. First appearance of Morbius, the living vampire. Right. Always a good one to have. I'd, I'd like to have that one. I like the character. I've always been a fan of that character. I've mm-hmm. always liked the concept of it, that he's a vampire, but he's not really a vampire. It's like he still has the craving for blood, but he can totally create a serum to replace it so he doesn't have to kill. Knows is fully aware of what he is. And I think in some of the early stories, Dr. Morbius is also able to retain his human form during the day, right? I think so, yeah. So, yeah, that would be a great one to have. Another one with all the success in the movies, Marvel premiere number 47, first Ant-Man. Yeah. That's another great one out there. Which Ant-Man is that? Is that uh, that's, Hank Pym or is that? That's the Scott Lang that's one. Scott Lang, okay. Exactly. Because I think Pym, remember Pym Oh, has, that's right. Yeah, Pym was way further back oh, when yeah, it comes to Ant-Man. Never mind. And he's probably every insect outside of spiders in the event because he's been Yellow Jacket. He's been Ant-Man. He's been, been Giant-Man. He's been Goliath. He's, he's a very sick man. Right. He's split personality not to mention he beats his wife down the road too I, I think my favorite is probably giant man and he also doesn't he also create Ultron I mean he does so he's just yeah in the comic book universe he is the Ultron's creator yes yeah, nowadays he's, he's, we refer to him as a hot mess he's, yeah. Mar- he's yes. Marvel's Flash if you oh damn always causing trouble <laughs> oh. another great one you guys should be grabbing up now I can tell you this one's already expensive but that's because anything in the Fantastic Four run especially anything below 100 is just nuts is number 66, which is the first appearance of Adam Warlock, but as him. Him. And it's later on that he becomes Adam Warlock. But, again, another character who's probably going to be taken off in the new movies, which, dun 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 segue into Disney, has removed a movie from their 2020 slate for Marvel movies, and it's speculation that it might be Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Gee, what a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Maybe it got pushed back because you're having trouble with the story. And you're going to have to hire back that director slash writer you fired. But we won't go there. Thomas, but what else did. you got on your list? I know you got uh, something over there. Yep. Next one up is uh, on my list is another one of historical significance. It's Famous Funnies number 100. Now, the reason this is a big deal is because uh, this this yeah. is the first comic book to hit 100 issues. Oh, right. Yes. So, yeah. so I remember Famous Funnies because it was about one of the very first comic book titles ever. Yeah. Well, I, I, well, you know, it, it's not a superhero book no. or anything of, yeah, of that nature, but it is still pretty important because, you know, no comic had ever hit 100 issues before then. Well, well not to mention, that's what started comic books because they first were reprinting the Sunday Funnies to yep. see, will this work? And kids were buying it and thinking, well, what do you know? We, we, there's a market for there, this. There's a market for this. Kids want these things. Bring up Eugene. Yeah, and according to the Overstreet Price Guide, a near-mint copy, if you can find it, was is still a little bit over $300. So it's not necessarily a cheap comic, but it's, it's still... Yeah, it's fairly it's, reasonable. It's still fairly reasonable. And when you consider, you know, how big a deal it is to be the first comic to fit, hit 100 issues, you think it would be higher right. than that. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, a lower-grade copy would be something I would like to have in my, uh, in my collection, you know, just because of the historical significance of it. Understood. Yeah, so don't go to don't go to sleep on Famous Funnies number one hundred. That's another one you never see. Yeah, I've never seen that. I don't think I've ever seen. Although I did, I did find some copies for sale online, unlike Patsy Walker ninety five, which I can't find anywhere. <laughs> but I've never seen it at a con on on a on a on a rack or anything like that. So, for you listeners, the whole reason Tommy keeps harping on Patsy Walker ninety five is is I did it. We had a conversation a while back about buying comics that came out the month of your and year of your birth. And, and I made a comment, well, my luck, I'll end up with a bunch of romance comics or Patsy Walker books. And so as a result, I said, well, let me look up Patsy Walker. 
And then that was my first mistake because I started sending messages to Tommy about, wow, you realize this character had all this rich history in the Marvel Universe before she even becomes Hellcat? <laughs> and then I broke him. And I mean, I broke him as in he walked in the door and hadn't been in the door for 10 minutes and started telling his wife about Patsy Walker. <laughs> and, I, and, and for the record, I have her looking for it as well. She searched Instagram and all the other yeah, places. Yeah, so now it's two against go. one. I have right, two, two people one. searching for this book. And We're I, both on the lookout for it. I will find it first. Right? We, Somebody, I somebody's will. got it on Pinterest, I bet. We went, to a yard, we went to the big yard sale. Here in Virginia, we have something called the Route 29 Yard Crawl. It's like 44 miles of yard sales. And you literally get out there at 8 a.m. and just drive down the entire stretch because it's just yard and yard and yard of just people after stuff. And I can tell you, every time our car stopped, there was a race between Thomas and I to see who was going to find the comics first. To the point that we were telling our wives, park the car, park the car! <laughs> it was a lot of fun. We enjoyed ourselves. A lot of competition. A lot of competition. I guess. <laughs> All right, I'm looking forward to Mad Men's book here because I can see it from here. I saved it for last. Yes, you did. Because I love this book. This is so good. This is Wonder Woman, the Hicketia. I I don't know. I'm not even going to try. I'm not. I'm not (laughs) in with this Greek nonsense. But uh, the cover, as you see, as you can see, is very simple. It's Wonder Woman's familiar boot on pinning Batman's head to the ground. Ooh, powerful covers. <laughs> right. So I definitely pit, bought this one and I read it, and it is it is as good as the cover. And um, it's basically about a simple, uh, like, Greek thing called the Hikatea or whatever. And it's a, a supplication kind of prayer thing, that ritual that's done with, like, guess the Greeks. And so here's the gist of the story. It's like Batman is after this murderer uh, named da- Danielle Wellies. And... She keeps evading Batman and Batman, and then she ends up going to uh, Wonder Woman, offers this, this prayer of supplication, which in turn like binds Diana to her t- for protection. And so, and this is all part of the, the ritual and how this is done. However, the Greek Arenes or the Furies, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I spelled this, I pronounced that right, but uh. Um, they show up when she becomes her supplicant, when she comes, becomes Wonder Woman's supplicant, and only Wonder Woman can see them. And so, and they start, like, warning her, and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, we're here for vengeance. That's their job. They're the Furies. We're here for vengeance. And uh, so we're just warning you, you know, crazy stuff's going to be happening. They're just, they're really kind of a pain in the ass for Diana. And so um, she's protecting this girl, and she becomes basically like her personal assistant, always around her at all times. And then one night Batman shows up and he's like, I need to take her in. And so this conflict happens is, is in this book between Wonder Woman and Batman, where uh, Batman is, he, he can't see the, the Furies, you know? So he doesn't know what, what Diana's dealing with. And Diana is like, I, Bruce won't stop, you know? And so something's got to happen. And so it's an interesting, um, there's, a, there's a line in it where she, um, where Batman says to her, he's like, don't make me go through you. And he's like, you can't go through me. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, this is this is such a good book. Because, I mean, it's it's an interesting interplay between power and responsibility and uh, determination and like, or, and not even seeing the big picture. And I think that Batman as a character, even though he's like getting his ass handed to him all over this book, you know, it's um, it's interesting because he, I think he plays it in a genuine way. You know, just the way he kind of like talks to himself once or twice and uh, the way he uh, just little little things he says and uh, his strategy at trying to get at this murderer that he wants to bring to justice that Diana is protecting. And it's a very brilliant story. And I can't believe that people are not raving about this book. And it's one of the best Wonder Woman books. I have to tell you, I've I've that's one I've missed reading. I never got around to it, so I am going to have to add that to my pile. You want to borrow it? I'm going to, he's, and yes, and I got to read Recky to Rick and Morty, too, by the way. That's right. I'm only two books into it, but I've got to tell you, I love that opening segment when okay, it's borrowed. All right. when uh, Rick is picking on Jerry, but telling Morty to get a job, and Rick sat there and says, Rick, that's pretty messed up. I think I hear him crying. And yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can't something, something on it without something, something eggs. Am I right? <laughs> Oh, Rick. <laughs> so I did like that one. Um, okay. Oh, so by the way, earlier I said, 
you wanted to get Fantastic Four 66 because it's the first appearance of Adam Warlock as him. I just checked my notes because I, I'm good like that. Marvel premiere number one is when we first see him as Adam Warlock down the road. So if you get FF66, couple it with Marvel premiere number one, and that way you have both the appearances. Another one out there, and this is actually getting harder and harder to find, so I'm not surprised it's made the list here. Spectacular Spider-Man number 64, first appearance of Cloak and Dagger. Oh, right, right, yeah. Especially now that they have that show on free. show, yeah. Has anyone caught that show? No. I have not. I, I've never, I was never a huge Cloak and Dagger uh, yeah, guy. Yeah. So. They're a really hard sell. Um, because my opinion, there's only so many stories you can tell with them. Yeah. Which was my problem with the whole characters when they were first introduced because they were brought about as a result of an experimental drug overdose. Right. With not even a regular heroin or something. I think it was even some strange compound and it just... Well, I, I just, I wish they would make more character origins like that right i mean it was good but at the same time they wrote themselves into a corner like okay well there's only so much i can do light and darkness right exactly oh and another one (laughs) thomas actually had this on your calm the hell down list i actually still think this is a good book and it needs to be in your collection he's already shaking his head he knows what it is werewolf by night 32 first moon night Dude, what have you got against Moon Knight? That is such a great... I will put my Moon Knight against your Darkhawk any he's, day. He's a B-grade character. You have horrible he's taste. not. B-grade. You have horrible B. taste in comic books, man. You can both just... Moon Knight. I am so... He's so hard for Fantastic Four. You know how horrible those comic books are? They're great comics. They're so Moon horrible. <laughs> well, I disagree with you, Madman, on the Fantastic Four. I do like Moon the Knight is an awesome but, character. But he's a B guy. A B guy. Well, I will f- okay. Now I will freely that comic I, book is overvalued. I have not read any Moon Knight since the '90s runs because I haven't I haven't read any of the new stuff. I tried the new series Marvel did a couple years ago, actually maybe just last year, two years ago, and it was kind of this is getting really flaky. I don't like the whole psychosomatic in his head, just like in his dreamland type of thing. I want the old Moon Knight back with the nice white cape and the little crescent moon on his chest. Both of you need to quit shaking your head. It's a great <laughs> it's character. So horrible. <laughs> He has a good look. I'll give you that. Running around at night in white. Yeah, he has a good look. I like his costume. That's Looking good. to get shot. Hey, that's, man. That's about as far as I'll go with it. Quit that, trying to put logic into your comics, okay? <laughs> Another great one. At least a little bit. Another great one out there that you guys are totally ignoring, and it's still fairly cheap if you can find one. Marvel Team Up number 95. Let's see if either one of you know why. 95. 95. Is that an Ooh. early black costume? Oh, nope, nope, nope. He's Mockingbird. There you go. That's it. It is the first appearance of the superheroine Mockingbird. The actual first appearance of Bobby Morse shows up in Astonishing Tales number six, but the Mockingbird character shows up in Marvel Team Up 95, which is really weird because Marvel Team Up and Marvel 2-in-1 were two books that never really had much depth to them. They were usually one-shot stories every once in a while, a two-parter. Or go up in value at all. Right, (laughs) but they always had, if you go back, a lot of great stories springboarded from those series. Well, in in those kind of works, I think that the uh, uh, artists, writers and artists, had a lot more uh, creative freedom. Right. And so you could create a new character in in that kind of thing. Thomas, what else you got over there? Another personal favorite of mine is going to be Thor number, let me get back up here. Oh, wait. What is it? I don't know. 337. Is this first Beta Ray Bill? You know it is. You know it is. The great Beta Ray Bill. The intelligent humanoid horse with all the powers of Thor. Yes, that is as cool as it sounds. That is every bit as cool as it sounds. And he's gonna looks like he's going to be in the new Guardians of the Galaxy comic that's coming up. As far as uh, with Marvel goes. So that might end up getting added to my pull list if Beta Ray Bill is going to be a regular player. Well, I just I love some of the ridiculous... Yeah, alien species of Green Lanterns. It was like some of them are just so. It's like, what is life like on your planet? And right, right. I love and I love the concept of Beta Ray Bill because I think that was kind of Marvel trying to take a stab at that. Because, Stormbreaker. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yes. Oh. You know, you're absolutely right. I think that's exactly what they're doing. So, yeah. Hey, we can have stupid yeah, aliens. Good point. <laughs> I never thought about that, way, but yeah, yeah. But none will be as far as stupid aliens go. None of them will be as good as Nort. Oh yeah, Nort, Nort. I love me some Nort. Although, let's be honest, my favorite Green Lantern of all. And it's not any of the ones from Earth. It's Ariza. And that's all I need to say. Yeah. <laughs> the, the golden chick. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, now Ariza. you know. Ariza. Ariza. Is it Ariza? Nort. So another couple ones that I want to mention here, too. 
obviously, Amazing Spider-Man 129, first Punisher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's always going to go up in value. Um, always. It's The characters, that's back when he was a bit on the loony side. I liked him better. Than, you know, once he, they made him yeah, sane. He was, he was intentionally made as a villain. And right. then they're like, hey, wait, people like that. Yeah, we, we need <laughs> to change this and make him an anti-hero. And right. now he's just a regular good guy. So they kind of ruined that character. Which they tend to do quite a bit. They, they made, um, you know, Magneto's been a hero at times. Venom has been a hero. Emma Frost has been but a I hero. But I do like that Magneto will flip quite frequently. Well, he flips because, as it suits him. Because his morality is the same. And people's, like, objectives change. I think that that's what's I, interesting about Magneto. I do like what they did. Speaking of flipping a little bit, I do like what they did with uh, Cyclops for a while there when he was... Oh, yes. Yeah. When the whole Phoenix powers came to mm -hmm. Earth and... Oh, yeah. I, I like what they did with him. They they That really impressed me. I, I will admit there's not many modern Marvel books that I've read, but the whole AVX series from a few years ago, that was a fantastic read. AVX. That was. So I actually still have all those. Have you not read the AVX? That's really good. The Phoenix First Force is coming back to Earth, and this time Scott and Emma have decided, well, we're going to do this right and find the vessel that we want for it. And meanwhile, the Avengers are like, are you freaking crazy? Nothing can control it. And Scott's like, we put it in the right person. It'll be, you know, it'll be on our side. And Captain America's like, well, we're going to have a problem. Right. <laughs> yeah, because what was seen as the savior of their race, too. Yeah. So. Wow. Another great book, too. And this one I have totally overlooked. I knew nothing about this book until just maybe a few months ago. I mean, literally... Probably beginning of 2018, late 2017, I had to go look it up because I was like, what in the frack are you guys talking about? Avenging Spider-Man number nine. Mm -hmm. and, and and Mad Men's like, what's what? up with... This book only came out maybe three, four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's, but, a, it's a newer book. But it's big claim right now, and it's going to get hot. It is technically the first appearance of Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel. Up until that time, she's still been going under the moniker of Miss Marvel. So right. this is when she has actually adopted the name Captain Marvel, and we are all done with trying to find the male Kree replacement. They have just given it to her. So she gets a promotion. Okay. Right. And that and that actually fires off everything else. Her own new Captain Marvel series comes up. She starts getting the whole Life of Captain Marvel series. They do a big thing in New Avengers where she's now leading that outer space agency equivalent to S.H.I.E.L.D., what is it, Storm, I believe. So... And that, that is a book that actually fires off her resurrection, I would say, as a character. So, Yeah, it's one I'd like to own. I don't know if I want to pay the, the price that it's going for right now, yeah. but uh, it is one I, would, yes. I, would, I would like to own. And I would like to say I was very glad when they ditched the helmet. Yes, so was I. I don't particularly yeah, I like, like her hairstyle helmet. as Captain Marvel, but, you know, it's because I'm sexist and I like the long flowing tresses. But the helmet had to go. Yes. <laughs> another another great book out okay. there that I personally still love, and I think it's going to stay at a minimum for a, quite a while is Alias Number One, which is Jessica Jones. That might actually go down if Netflix ends up canceling that as well. But depending on what happens with it, I can see that book going back up, especially if they find a way. I think what's going to happen is we're going to see some of those shows that just got canned end up on ABC to replace Agents of Shield. Maybe so. Yeah, could. Yeah, because this have they announced that this is the last season for Agents of Shield? I know it's at a reduced um, schedule. I I do believe this is the last episode. Yes. Yeah, I am. Um, I I've got through all but three episodes of the last season. I just was had trouble getting into it here in, in later I, years. I think I said before I watched the first couple of seasons and then I just kind of lost interest. And plus, I was watching other shows. And it was getting to the point where you shouldn't look at your DVR on a Friday afternoon and realize you got seven hours worth of programming to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. My and that's if you cut out three of the shows you're really not interested in. <laughs> that's what I mean. Is like they're tricking us into like consuming more and more. Right. You yeah, it just got to the point where it wasn't doing it for me anymore. So I didn't. I, I took it off my DVR pull list and everything. So maybe I'll check it out later just to see how it ends. Since I did watch most of the series, but I don't know. We'll see. Awesome sauce. Well, we are almost there. So just want to remind you guys, check us out on all the media formats, Facebook, lostinthelongboxgmail.com, and now on Twitter at lostinthelongb1. Lostinthelongb1. Okie dokie. And if, uh, uh, yeah, if you want to like argue with me about like why the Fantastic Four is so great, go ahead and send us an email and I will blast you apart. I get you. You will get no emails on that. 
Join, <laughs> and actually, join us next time. Shouldn't threaten our listeners. <laughs> and make sure you do send us great, great emails praising Darkhawk and why it is a great comic exactly. and why Transformers number one is a great comic. Anyway, at lostinlombax at gmail.com. Join us next week when we'll be having our special eight-hour Halloween extravaganza. What? Both of you looked at me like, what? Eight hours? What? <laughs> I'm only kidding. That's next year. <laughs> you son of a But until next time, we're going to be down here wondering if the invisible woman poses naked in front of a Hollywood blue screen, do the two effects cancel each other out and we get to see her goodies anyway? Why? Because we're <laughs> lost in the long box. Yes, wow. we are. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>